In Nichols v. Swindoll, 2023, Arc 146, the Arkansas Supreme Court granted a petition for rehearing of its opinion granting appellants petition for review that denied relief. In doing so, the court issued a substituted majority opinion that is directly opposite from the earlier one. This issue was whether a complaint alleging fraudulent concealment stated a cause of action under Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 12b-6 in a legal malpractice claim. The complaint alleged former attorneys failed to obtain service of process and did not tell plaintiff until the three-year limitations period for negligence passed. In this substituted opinion, the majority, written by Justice Womack, reasoned that an attorney has a duty to speak because of the confidential relationship. Quote, Rebecca Nichols appeals the circuit court's dismissal of her legal malpractice complaint against her attorneys, James Swindoll and Chuck Gibson. We granted review from the Court of Appeals and affirmed Nichols v. Swindoll, 2023, ARC 97 at 9. Nichols filed a petition for rehearing, which we now grant and issue the following substitute opinion. As in her initial appeal, Nichols argues that the circuit court abused its discretion in granting Swindoll and Gibson's motions to dismiss and finding she failed to plead facts sufficient to toll the running of the statute of limitations based on fraudulent concealment. Because silence amounts to a positive act of fraud when there is a confidential or fiduciary relationship, we now reverse and remand. In November 2014, Rebecca Nichols was involved in a single vehicle accident. Nichols retained Chuck Gibson and James Swindoll to file a negligence lawsuit against Archer Daniels Midland Corporation and five John Doe defendants in September 2017. When Nichols filed her lawsuit, she was unsure what potential defendants were responsible for the alleged negligence that led to the crash, which necessitated the inclusion of several John Doe defendants. The three-year statute of limitations for her negligence claim ran on November 23, 2017. Gibson and Swindoll, however, failed to properly serve the defendants within 120 days or obtain an extension from the circuit court as required by the Arkansas Rules of Civil Procedure. In April 2019, Gibson and Swindoll filed an amended complaint to include the now-known defendants, Precoat Metals and B&L Trucking Services. B&L filed a successful motion to dismiss because the statute of limitations had run, and Precoat filed a successful motion to dismiss because Gibson and Swindoll failed to serve Precoat with a copy of the complaint. When Precoat filed its motion to dismiss on March 13, 2020, Swindoll and Gibson informed Nichols they had committed malpractice in January 2018 by serving a deficient summons, but counseled her that the judge may nevertheless allow her to continue to prosecute her lawsuit because they had technically served Precoat. Nichols filed a legal malpractice lawsuit against Swindoll and Gibson on February 22, 2021, and alleged they maintained the negligence lawsuit by continually filing futile motions so the three-year statute of limitations for legal malpractice would run, i.e., they fraudulently concealed their malpractice by keeping the appearance that her lawsuit was alive. End of quote. 
The present defendants filed a motion to dismiss and argued that the complaint was deficient by failing to state facts to allege fraudulent concealment to toll the limitations period. The circuit court dismissed the complaint and the Arkansas Court of Appeals unanimously affirmed. Following a petition for rehearing, the Court of Appeals still affirmed 2022 ARC App 399, but there were two separate dissents by Chief Judge Harrison and Judge Hickson, arguing that the complaint survived because an attorney has a duty to disclose under Arkansas law in cases of a confidential relationship. The Arkansas Supreme Court granted a petition for review but found, in a 4-3 decision, that the complaint failed to state sufficient facts to survive dismissal. An appellate then filed a petition for rehearing of the court's opinion that granted the petition for review. The Supreme Court granted the petition for rehearing and issued a substituted opinion, reversing and remanding. A duty of disclosure in other professions now extended to attorneys. Quote, Generally, when there is a confidential or fiduciary relationship, there is a duty to disclose malpractice. Until this point, we have willingly saddled other professions with this duty while curiously shielding attorneys from it. Because silence amounts to a positive act of fraud when there is a confidential or fiduciary relationship, we hold that Rebecca Nichols pled sufficient facts to establish fraudulent concealment. When such a relationship exists, the duty to speak arises. The restatement third of the law governing lawyers succinctly explains why. A lawyer must keep a client reasonably informed about the status of a matter entrusted to the lawyer, including the progress, prospects, problems, and costs of the representation. If the lawyer's conduct of the matter gives the client a substantial malpractice claim against the lawyer, the lawyer must disclose that to the client. For example, a lawyer who fails to file suit for a client within the limitations period must so inform the client, pointing out the possibility of a malpractice suit and the resulting conflict of interest that may require the lawyer to withdraw. Section 20, Comment C. We have adopted rules of professional conduct that try to guard against the forewarned deception, namely that a lawyer may not withhold information to serve the lawyer's own interest or convenience or the interest or convenience of another person. Arkansas Rule of Professional Conduct 1.4, Comment 7. A lawyer seemingly maintaining a futile lawsuit to run out the statute of limitations on a legal malpractice claim is a perfect example of this. Allegations in the Complaint The relevant portions of Nichols' amended complaint allege the following facts to support her allegations that Swindoll and Gibson fraudulently concealed their malpractice. Swindoll and Gibson C. Purposefully and fraudulently and maliciously on March 22, 2018 and afterwards failed to advise Rebecca that by them failing to request an extension on or before March 2018 to serve the John Doe defendants, Rebecca's further litigation efforts were useless. Had defendants acted with a reasonable degree of care, they would have immediately after March 22, 2018, informed Rebecca of their malpractice to put her on notice she needed to sue them. D. Purposefully and fraudulently and maliciously attempted to hide their malpractice from Rebecca 
because they incorrectly believed that she could not sue them for malpractice after November 23, 2020. Had defendants acted with a reasonable degree of care, they would have immediately after March 22, 2018, informed Rebecca of their malpractice to put her on notice she needed to sue them. E. Purposefully and fraudulently and maliciously continued to fruitlessly litigate Rebecca's lawsuit against the John Doe defendants after March 22, 2018, in order to hide their malpractice from Rebecca long enough so she would be barred by the three-year statute of limitations from suing them. Had defendants acted with a reasonable degree of care, they would have immediately after March 22, 2018, informed Rebecca of their malpractice to put her on notice she needed to sue them. F. Purposefully and fraudulently and maliciously waited until after March 13, 2020, to inform Rebecca they had technically committed malpractice and fraudulently advised her that the judge would forgive the technicality and allow her to continue her lawsuit. G. Willfully and maliciously disregarded their fiduciary duty to Rebecca. H. Were aware their above actions in representing Rebecca would naturally and probably result in damage to her in excess of $75,000, and yet continued with malice or in reckless disregard of the consequences from which malice can be inferred. At this stage, we presume these well-pled facts to be true. We express no opinion on the merits of Nichols's malpractice claim, but because silence amounts to a positive act of fraud when there is a confidential or fiduciary relationship, as there is here between attorneys and their clients, Nichols's complaint pled sufficient facts to establish fraudulent concealment and survive a motion to dismiss. End of quote. A dissent written by Justice Baker and joined in by Chief Justice Kemp and Justice Hudson wrote, quote, because I cannot agree with the majority's decision to grant Nichols's petition for rehearing, I dissent. I would deny Nichols's petition, and I would affirm for the reasons stated in Nichols v. Swindoll, 2023, ARC 97, Nichols 1. Arkansas Supreme Court Rule 2-3, which sets forth the rules regarding a petition for rehearing, provides, paragraph G, entire case not to be re-argued. The petition for rehearing should be used to call attention to specific errors of law or fact which the opinion is thought to contain. Counsel are expected to argue the case fully in their original briefs, and the brief on rehearing is not intended to afford an opportunity for a mere repetition on the argument already considered by the court. There has been no change in either the law or the facts since we issued Nichols 1. Instead of calling attention to specific errors of law or fact, as required by Rule 2-3, Nichols seeks rehearing based on the authorities cited by the Nichols 1 dissent. Further, in her petition for rehearing, Nichols admits that her duty to speak argument was presented and rejected by this court. A petition for rehearing is not an opportunity to repeat arguments already considered and rejected by this court. Therefore, the decision to grant rehearing in this case is wholly inappropriate. As explained in Nichols 1, the circuit court did not abuse its discretion in finding that Nichols failed to sufficiently plead fraudulent concealment and therefore did not toll the running of the statute of limitations. Therefore, the circuit court correctly dismissed Nichols's untimely filed malpractice complaint. 
without acknowledging our more recent, directly on-point precedent analyzing fraudulent concealment in the context of an attorney-client relationship, the majority declares in sweeping fashion that silence amounts to a positive act of fraud when there is a confidential or fiduciary relationship. In order to support this new standard, the majority reaches back decades to rely on cases that do not involve attorney-client relationships. In my view, Delano v. Pierce, 36 Arc 542, is dispositive of the present case. A close review of Nichols' complaint demonstrates that she failed to allege something so furtively planned and secretly executed as to keep the plaintiff's cause of action concealed or perpetrated in a way that conceals itself. Delano, 366 Arc at 545 citing Shelton v. Pfizer, 340-ARC-89-96. Because Nichols did not plead an act of fraud that was furtively planned and secretly executed by attorneys Swindoll and Gibson, Nichols failed to sufficiently plead fraudulent concealment. Absent fraudulent concealment, Nichols's February 2021 malpractice complaint was untimely filed. Accordingly, I would hold that the circuit court did not abuse its discretion in dismissing her untimely filed malpractice complaint. In light of today's misguided majority opinion, I caution attorneys to maintain records until death. Previously, a malpractice claim alleging fraudulent concealment required the client to pinpoint a furtively planned and secretly executed act of fraud. However, now, the client is no longer required to plead that the attorney engaged in a planned secretive act of fraud or that the attorney did anything at all. Stated differently, a fraudulent concealment claim can be brought at any time with the bare allegation of attorney silence and will satisfy our pleading requirements. In Chapman v. Alexander, 307 Arc 87, we underscored the problems with forcing an attorney to defend an alleged act of malpractice that occurred several years prior. End of quote. End of decision.